If you're part of any parenting circle, you've probably heard of this term, gentle parenting. And if you haven't, we're going to bring you into this hot topic. It's a parenting style that has exploded in popularity and controversy, partly because it's not well-defined and because social media parenting accounts are giving out polished, bite-sized pieces of advice. Hey, okay, you're hitting me right now, and I can tell that you're feeling angry, and it's okay to feel that way, but it is not okay to hit, sister. Let's figure out what you need, because I'm here to help you, but I'm not going to let you hit me to get what you want. So how can we respond to the crying? We stay present and allow the healthy release with things like, it's okay to cry and let your feelings out and you're really upset, I'm right here with you. So the next time your child whines, get down to their level and share words like this. I'm right here. It sounds like you have something really important to tell me. Tell me again. I promise you what you hear next will not be a whine. It's a trend that has come under attack. Newsflash, Becky. Parents who are regulated don't hit and scream at their children and become the target of memes. I know you're frustrated, okay? I know you're having these big feelings that you don't know what to do with. But if you don't shut the f up and put your shoes on, then I'm gonna start having big feelings and I might start screaming. Yeah, so let's slip those Crocs on, okay? Today, we're talking to Dr. Alice Davidson. She's a professor of developmental psychology at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. She's actually one of the first researchers to study gentle parenting, and she's going to help us understand what this parenting style is all about. I'm Cheryl Sutherland, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Alice, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So before we get into this parenting movement, I want to lay out why we're talking about this at all, because there will be some listeners out there that are not parents to young kids. So can you just explain why everyone benefits from understanding parenting better? So, you know, I think that understanding parenting approaches is important, whether you're a parent or not, because none of us live in a child-free or parent-free world. You know, parents of young children are our colleagues, our friends, community members, and we should care about their well-being, not only because it's relevant to our interactions and relationships with them, but also because we want to support them and make sure they're doing okay. I think, you know, this topic of parenting approaches and the research I'm pursuing with my colleague, Dr. Annie Pizzala, is important also because parents seem to be increasingly stressed and burned mm. out. And, you know, this is a trend that was exacerbated by the pandemic and also with the proliferation of unvetted expert parenting guidance information on social media. We think it's time for parents to be studied in their own right. You know, what are they doing? How are they doing? And so our research is shining a light on the parents specifically. Hmm. So let's talk about this, this hot trend in the parenting world, which mm -hmm. seems to be the style, which is called gentle parenting. You've actually studied it. So how did you go about doing that? Sure. So Annie and I recruited 100 parents of at least one child between the ages of two and seven who resided in three geographic regions in the United States. So the Midwest, Southeast and Southwest. In addition to asking these parents, you know, various demographic questions, we asked them to respond to a host of questions, including describing their parenting approach how they responded to a recent time when their child acted out or misbehaved. They also reported their self-perceptions of parenting efficacy and satisfaction, their religiosity and spirituality. 
And then we also asked them to select from a list of adjectives to describe how they were parented as a child, and then also to select from that same list of adjectives to indicate their personal approach to parenting their two to seven-year-old child. And so when they selected gentle from this list, they were then prompted to describe what does gentle mean to you Mm. as it applies to your personal approach to parenting? Hmm. So you're really giving the options to parents to kind of really describe how they, they they see their parenting styles. I'm just wondering, how does your research compare to to what else is out there on gentle parenting? It's so interesting because before now, gentle parenting has not been studied empirically. And that's wow. really one of our primary objectives. You know, when people say they practice gentle parenting, Annie and I want to understand what they mean. With scholarship, we want to have shared definitions about what a construct or, you know, a parenting strategy or technique is so that we can better understand, you know, how it's being used, how effective it is, you know, what are the outcomes for children and for parents. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting because there's been lots of parenting research, you know, over many, many decades. And it's interesting that this has just really exploded online, on social media, and yet, there's really no scholarship on it to date. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I, definitely for my my Instagram feed, I it's it, it's all over my feed. So uh, I definitely it's see it. On, it is everywhere. Yeah. Um. Let's let's dig into your findings in your research. Who are the people that self-identify as gentle parents? Of our participants, forty nine percent selected the adjective gentle to describe their personal approach to parenting, mm-hmm. and consistent with our whole sample. So you know, including non gentle parents. of these self-identified gentle parents were female. Mm -hmm. They were highly educated. So over two-thirds of gentle parents had a graduate degree. They were mostly white. And this was also consistent with our sample overall. They ranged from 32 to 51 years of age. So, you know, sometimes I think people maybe assume gentle parents are just, you know, Gen Z or millennials, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we see like a wide age range. So I think Mm -hmm. that this is applying to parents of, you know, lots of ages. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you mentioned that um, you give this option to to parents in the, the about like what they say about gentle. So mm-hmm. um, how did they describe the technique in their words? Like what were their goals as gentle parents? Yeah. So we coded their descriptions of what gentle parenting means, and we identified three primary themes. Mm-hmm. The first theme is this idea that you know, parents talked a lot about regulating their own emotions. Mm. So they really emphasized staying calm, not using any physical punishment or any punitive measures. Um, A second theme they talked about was this idea of helping their child to regulate their emotions. So this involved emotion validation and coaching, you know, things like attending to, listening to, understanding, respecting their child's emotional needs. And then we identified a third theme, which was Parents are very affectionate with their children. So these gentle parents described showing loving, emotional, and physical affection to their child. You know, their descriptions included talk of being kind and warm and loving and giving lots of hugs. Mm. Okay, so that gives us a good sense of of what gentle parenting is. Mm -hmm. But let's flip it around for a second. What isn't part of the gentle parenting philosophy? Yeah, so I would say that it is not at all what we would think of as an old school kind of traditional method of Mm. what's called authoritarian parenting. This idea of, you know, do this because I said so, Mm -hmm. because I'm the parent that where there's this very clear hierarchy with the parent at the very top. 
Um, it's certainly not based on any kind of shame or attempt to induce guilt. And it's definitely not involving any dismissal of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned this authoritarian approach to parenting because I think, you know, just an important note is there's this uh, parenting typology that this researcher, Diana Baumrind, developed in the 1960s. And she really captured the variance in parenting approaches on a matrix. So with two intersecting lines where, you know, one line is capturing warmth and the other discipline. You know, some parents are low in both warmth and discipline. Some are high in both. Some are a combination. But the best parenting approach, I'm using air quotes when I say that, is considered to be the parenting approach that employs lots of warmth and sufficient discipline. And this is called the authoritative approach. So that authoritarian approach, this is where, you know, parenting is very high on discipline, but lower on warmth. Hmm. So, you know, we want to know if gentle parenting is like Baumrind's typology, or perhaps simply another name for what John Gottman and colleagues coined emotion coaching, Mm -hmm. which emphasizes the importance of naming, um, empathizing, and working through emotions with your child. So so where does gentle parenting fall then? Is it is it like high on warmth but low on discipline? You know, that's what we're trying to find out mm. with this. I think that we don't yet have a clear answer to this. I would say that it's certainly very high on warmth. Okay. Um, you know, we found in our in our study that our gentle parents talk a lot about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, boundaries are really tricky because it seems to vary from parent to parent you know, from child to child, from situation to situation. So, you know, our parents mentioned the importance of things like rules, routines, limits, structure, staying firm. So sometimes they would talk about using isolated timeouts, which would allow their children to, for example, throw a tantrum, but to do so in a safe place. Mm -hmm. So I think this is an important um, aspect of gentle parenting that we need to understand better is how do boundaries fit into this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the million dollar question, of mm-hmm. course, is does it work? Like, is gentle parenting effective for kids? What do we know about that? So, this is probably going to be an unsatisfying answer, but the reality is we just don't know yet. Hmm. But what about the parents? Because you did mention that you're putting kind of the parents at the forefront of your research. So, what do we know? What did you learn about how good it is for parents? What we are finding in our research is that these gentle parents are so earnestly trying to parent their young children as best they can using the tools they have. There's also this sense that these gentle parents are hanging on for dear life. They Mm. describe themselves in our study as exhausted, as often feeling overwhelmed with the demands of parenting, as not knowing what they're doing. So, you know, these are some example quotes from our study. So, you know, one parent said, I get very easily overstimulated and overwhelmed all day, every day. Mm. The gentle parents are not okay. Right. It's not, this approach is not so gentle on the gentle parents. We'll be right back. One thing I want to pick up on is you mentioned that that gentle parenting isn't old school. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think about this idea around how parents are kind of not looking to their their parents. Right. So do do you have any kind of insight into to what parents told you about that part, about, you know, their style versus their parents style? I think one of the things that we're seeing is that this approach is appealing to many parents because I think it seems quite different than how 
many parents describe being reared themselves as children. So I do think that that this the appeal of gentle parenting is is perhaps a backlash to some of the mm-hmm. kind of the old school authoritarian approaches. You know, I think this approach is also very popular right now and appealing to parents because it's been fueled in great part by these parenting experts, I'm using air quotes again, (laughs) and influencers on social media and YouTube. You know, we can watch these one to two minute snippets of curated gentle parenting on Instagram or TikTok when we're searching for answers or tools in our daily struggles as parents. And that can give us, you know, some some comfort and some new ideas to employ Mm -hmm. with our own children. This reliance on social media platforms as it applies to parenting appears to have increased during the pandemic. You know, this was Mm -hmm. a time when so many of us, myself included as a parent, were isolated at home, you know, attempting to parent our children without the social networks and resources in place that we relied on. Mm. So it's interesting because, you know, the social media aspect does seem like a a little bit of a new thing. But I'm wondering about the idea itself in gentle parenting. Is, Is gentle parenting a new idea? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I would say that the idea of respecting children and helping children to feel valued and heard is nothing new. Mm. Um, there was a psychotherapist, Alfred Adler in the 1920s, who talked about this. Kind of in the 80s and 90s, we started seeing more of this kind of positive parenting movement mm-hmm. and conscious parenting, which was really, you know, focused on trying to be more mindful as a parent, you know, and I think also Gottman's really important work in the 90s too on emotion coaching too, this importance Mm of helping young children to understand and label their emotions, to validate their emotional experiences, to not dismiss them was really important because, you know, young children just aren't yet capable at regulating their their own emotions. They need a lot of help to do this. And so I think respecting where children are developmentally, which is that they don't have the capacity to handle their, you know, difficult emotions like we do, or we should as adults, um, I think, you know, is is a a part of the underlying philosophy of, of gentle parenting as we're beginning to understand it. The term gentle parenting really seems to have been explicitly named and sort of broadcast out there in the world around 2015, when a British author, Sarah Ockwell Smith, began publishing various multiple books that touted a gentle parenting philosophy. Hmm. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is whether this idea takes some authority away from the parent. Yeah, you know, I think that that's a question a lot of people are asking. So when Annie and I looked at what gentle parents say they do when they respond to their child's acting out or misbehavior, we identified a variety of strategies ranging from what we call parent-directed approaches. So for example, they talk about taking away privileges or putting them in timeout, as well as these more child-directed or co-constructed approaches. So things like, you know, bargaining with or bribing their child. So giving into the child's wants or demands, like, you know, for food or screens. Um, They also talk sometimes about minimizing hierarchy. So attempting to get on a child's level, either physically, so this can involve, you know, getting down to, you know, to the child's eye level to talk to them or emotionally, which involves the acknowledging the feelings, validating feelings. A really important point is that this idea of gentle parenting, it's really a multifaceted approach. These parents are not just using one or two of these strategies, but they are using 
a host of these tools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think to get back to your question about does it does it go too far, for some gentle parents in our sample, there does seem to be this notion of democracy between parents and children and attempts on the part of the parents to, as I mentioned, kind of minimize the hierarchy. And I think in some instances, as the gentle parents are earnestly trying to follow their child's lead, it might skew that equal distribution of power to the child. Mm, interesting. Okay, so I don't I don't mean to sound harsh, but are there any instances when you can just ignore a child's emotions? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and there are times when you should. Um, there are some behaviors that children exhibit that we refer to as junk behavior. And, you know, this refers to minor unwanted behaviors that may be annoying to parents and those around them, but they're not dangerous or harmful. They're benign. So, mm-hmm. you know, examples are things like whining, arguing, pouting, baby talk, things like that. And, you know, children might be doing this for a variety of reasons. They're searching for attention, in which case trying to engage in emotion coaching may actually just reinforce that unwanted behavior, the whining. So, you know, I think in some of these instances of junk behavior, instead of indulging or unpacking the emotions behind the junk behavior, you might just minimize the attention you give to it. Mm. And, you know, I think the reality is that whatever emotions exist behind this kind of minor junk behavior will likely dissipate pretty quickly without any parent intervention. So we don't have to unpack every last emotional experience that our children have. I'm going to adopt this junk behavior. <laughs> this is, this, I'm, I'm enjoying that one. Um, okay, I want to shift gears and talk about the dialogue around gentle parenting. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say gentle parenting is going to create a bunch of self-centered children. I just mm-hmm. want to know from you, like, given your ex- expertise on parenting, what do you think of this criticism? Yeah, I my perspective you know, which of course should be qualified by the very important caveat that we have yet to carry out a longitudinal study of the potential effects of gentle parenting is that in some respects, gentle parenting is perpetuating this coddling of the American mind to kind of use this frame from from a book from a a few years ago. This idea that children are fragile, they are not, um, or that we should always trust our feelings. We shouldn't always trust our feelings. Mm. You know, and I think that despite the ringing endorsements from gentle parents about boundaries, many children of gentle parents are not learning boundaries nor natural consequences in the midst of really challenging circumstances. And boundaries are so important. Mm -hmm. Children thrive on structure and routine and limits that helps them to feel safe. That's comfortable. So boundaries are really important. Okay, so that, this all sounds like it could create a lot of pressure or expectations for parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else should parents do, I guess, when they when they lose their cool with their kid? Like, what is your advice here? You know, I think that when you lose your cool with your kid and you mess up, it's perfectly appropriate to apologize and mm. take responsibility. I think that these situations are really good opportunities to model acknowledging big feelings that can sometimes get out of hand and also modeling how to repair a relationship after an intense negative exchange or emotional experience. At the same time, I think in the same way that gentle parenting might be going overboard in the perspective that children are not only equals to the parent, but they're totally in charge. um, With the notion of apologizing, parents shouldn't necessarily feel the need to apologize to their child for every minor infraction. 
We are mm. all human beings with flaws and it's good for kids to see us mess up. So just lastly here, Alice, what are some of your overall takeaways on gentle parenting? I would say that, you know, parenting is so hard and, you know, we are rooting for you. I, you know, Annie's and my interest in this topic really came from our professional and personal experiences. We're both trained in human development and family studies. We're also mothers to nine and 10 year old children. And we've observed this gentle parenting phenomenon explode around us in recent years. I think it's also important to remember that parenting takes a village, you know, so don't forget to utilize your support network of family and friends to help you out in the very challenging endeavor of rearing your children. And I think that if your child is safe and supported, it's okay if grandma's or another caregiver's approach is not exactly the same as yours. Mm. You know, don't forget that no one is a perfect parent and a strategy or script that works well for one child won't always work well for another child or in all situations. Our research found that about a third of our gentle parents critiqued themselves and their responses. So we didn't ask them to do this. They just incorporated these self-critiques into their responses when they're talking about their approach to parenting or how they respond when their child misbehaves. And I think self-reflection is great, but remember that you are the expert on your child. So don't ignore your intuition when it comes to parenting your child and try not to lose sight of your long-term goals for your child and the values you're trying to instill in the midst of these inevitable, very emotionally intense moments that absolutely will pass. Children are so resilient, so it's okay if you mess up every now and then. I really strongly believe that with unconditional love and acceptance, your children will turn out just fine. Alice, this is really great advice. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed chatting with you. That's it for today. I'm Cheryl Sutherland. Our producers are Madeline White and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening.